you are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 13th of November. Jazz pull off one against Brooklyn despite being tired, out of sorts, discombobulated, missing a ton of shots. But when it's clutch time, Rudy puts Kyrie in the vice, Donovan and the crew make plays, and maybe this team is really good. We're talking about it. Coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, whole bunch of geeky numbers, and hopefully making it Way better for you to be a Jazz fan because it can't get a lot better than the Jazz pulling off another surprising win only because of the way the game went down. The Jazz down 15 at the half, worked their way back. Brooklyn takes it back up to like nine. Jazz work it back down, going down the stretch against one of the best one-on-one players in the NBA in Kyrie Irving, and the Jazz completely shut down Kyrie Irving and get the win last night. Gotta love it. How are you? Thanks very much for tuning in. This is our daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, all that fun stuff. I already said that. I'm just geeked, fired up. A lot of things to talk about today, Uh, but overall big picture to me, this is the kind of win you get if you're good. And what I mean by that is now one ball bounces one direction or another, you lose, it doesn't necessarily mean you're bad. So I think you can get a little overblown in just the fact that, you know, you you leave with the euphoria of a win, so everything feels better. I mean, frankly, we didn't play very well in the first half. Uh, Our eyes were on the rim a lot. I still think we have a shot distribution issue. There's a lot of things that aren't, aren't perfect. But what I did think I saw was just a competitiveness, a talent level, frankly, that allows these guys to get through some of these games and pull off these wins Uh, and wins that, you know, I'm not entirely sure that when you're down 15 to Brooklyn on the back end of a back-to-back and you write yourself that script that you're supposed to go get. Uh, But they, they found a way to do it. They did it defensively in the second half and they did it by just making enough plays late in the game. Mike Conley's pass to Rudy Gobert is the signature play of the game. No question. Um, As, Rudy reaches up above the crowd and makes the catch. Conley bullied into Rudy in a manner that I think almost all of us who have followed Rudy his whole career thought to ourselves, oh gosh, don't do that. Um, and yet, Rudy makes the play in traffic. DeAndre Jordan, who's a fake defender, uh, kind of flies by the play. And uh, their Jazz are able to uh, get that play. Donovan hits a shot. Conley gets an and one. Uh, you just... Things you need when you're when you're shorthand. I actually had turned to Ron Boone maybe during the third quarter break and said this would be nice if we had a high energy bench. We we really don't have a high energy bench. If you if you kind of look at our club, um, you know, I, we don't have guys like I wouldn't call our our bench group a particularly play hard group. Right, we're really talented, but they're not—they're not like a play hard group. Like, you know, sometimes you got guys that are play hards because they have to. Right, that they—if they don't play hard, they don't have enough skill to stay. Well, what we had last night was just a talented bench. 
Just guys that are really good. Um, Jeff Green is a former top five pick. Emmanuel Moody is a top ten pick. And they just made a lot of plays last night and carried this team, into the, in the, to, frankly, to this win. If they don't do what they did to open up the fourth quarter, Jeff, who is, you know, it's funny, on my notes for the game the other night, I had that Jeff, you know, kind of, we're learning him, right? Like, I, I know his numbers. I don't see, I didn't watch him every night. So I had down about Jeff. He started the year 10 of 19 from three. Then he went two of 13. Last night, he went two of six. Is this, uh, is this the beginning of a hot streak? I, I think he's just this incredible streak shooter because he went 10 of 19 to start. Then he went, as I said, two of, two of 11. Well, now if you put the back two nights together, he's suddenly on a hot streak again. But that was pretty awesome. Emmanuel Moutier won this game with an offensive prowess in the fourth quarter using his skills to what he can do. He can drive, he can get to the rim, and he's finishing at the rim this year in a manner that he, he didn't used to do. And, you know, when he's on the floor, he uses, he takes shots. That's what he does. But last night, he did it well. Right? I mean, he's, I think he used 28% of the possessions. His usage rate was high last night. Fine. That's, when he's good, that's great. And that's what... um that's what the Jazz needed last night because they needed a bounce off their bench. I was thinking that they would get an energy bounce because they just didn't have the juice. And instead, they got a talent bounce. And that that's, to me, a little bit of what last night's win was. Is it's, It was really a talent win because this team's good. It's got a lot of really, really good players on it. And that's, you know, uh, more than any other way, that's how you win in this league. Jazz outscore the Nets. 66 to 46 in the second half last night. Down the stretch, a really interesting move by Quinn Snyder. Royce O'Neal's playing well. Joe Ingles is not shooting well. And Quinn goes to the O lineup of Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Boyan Bogdanovich, and Rudy Gobert. And turns it over to them. Maybe a li- at 525 left, tied at 107. Maybe a little surprisingly. In the sense that now it meant Joe Ingles is guarding Kyrie Irving. And the Jazz end up winning this one. In the fi- they close out the, the final 525 last night with that lineup on the floor, outscoring them 12-7. It's a lot, by the way. Like in a short period of time to outscore someone by five points is a lot. In that stretch, that lineup, we talk about it offensively. Here are the field goals that that group got. Kyrie, they got a Joe Harris layup to make it 109-107. DeAndre Jordan got fouled and went to the free throw line and split. They forced Kyrie Irving into a miss. DeAndre Jordan got a putback with 326 left. Kyrie Irving missed. They got another putback with 115 left. So they did not have a field goal off their natural offensive set in the final 525. Their last field goal was Joe Harris at the 430 mark. So I guess 528 Harris hits a three. Harris gets a field goal at 430. Otherwise, the only thing they get the rest of the way are tippins. Now, it doesn't like those don't count, but that's when Kyrie's driving at Gobert, it's We've got to learn how to rebound on the other side. That's going to be an issue all year long, but that's the number one offensive rebounding team in the league. 
So you're going to get a little bit of that. Kyrie Irving's close to the night was not pretty. Kyrie Irving turns it over at the five-minute mark. He drives in, sees Gobert, and turns it over. Kyrie Irving misses a layup right around the rim. Kyrie Irving misses another layup, misses a three-foot jump shot, misses, now he goes for threes, misses a 25-footer. Misses a floater in the lane because now he doesn't want to go to the rim. Misses a a a three-pointer to end the ballgame. Misses his final eight shot attempts. When guarded by Rudy Gobert last night, according to NBA stats, Rudy Gobert was the closest defender or classified as a defensive player on Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving went three of 13. When defended by Joe Ingles, went one for five. Now, they have something called team points, and I will say on the Joe Ingles, 19 team points in that time period. I don't know entirely what that means. Rudy Gobert, only 10 team points in that time period. So, Rudy Gobert's impact is just incredible. This This is a pretty good example of it again, of just what this guy does on a nightly basis. Last night, when guarded by Rudy, DeAndre Jordan goes 2 of 3. Spencer Dinwiddie goes 0 of 3. Kyrie Irving goes 3 of 13. Garrett Temple, 0 of 1. Jarrett Allen, 0 of 1. Torian Prince, 0 of 1. Joe Harris, 1 of 2. Rudy's just great. Big-time talent wins that ballgame defensively. Late. The offense is beginning to show signs of coming around. Little little tiny signs, but largely Mike Conley's clicked in, and you're seeing it. We'll talk about it as we continue on the show today. Sunprint Solutions. Sarah runs Sunprint Solutions. She's a huge Locked On Jazz listener. Sunprint Solutions is for any printing, high-quality, quick-turn, multi-opportunities uh, aspect of printing. They work with all sorts of local companies. Uh, Zions, U of U, Little Caesars, Ancestry.com, Chums. Uh, they they do an incredible job, whether it's advertising, direct mail, whether they need custom printing, boxes, printed piece for your company. Like, for example, if they had the store as a client, they would have, they could do their direct mail. They could do a showpiece for vendors. They could print their coupons. They could do all their packaging for things. Speaking of it, well, maybe I should tell Scotty and Jeff to, to email Sarah at S-A-R-A at sunprintsolutions.com. S-A-R-A at sunprintsolutions.com. And the unique thing about Sunprint Solutions, if you're a financial institution, they have HIPAA certification, so all the personal information is secure, and they can do all of that printing for you as well. Whether it's a printed project, some sort of marketing, advertising, direct mail, Sunprint Solutions has the answer for you. Email Sarah at S-A-R-A at sunprintsolutions.com. I think the offense is getting a little bit better. Still not great, and I don't, the shot distribution and the eyes in were not great last night. But last night was our third best offensive night of the year. The Warriors were our best offensive night of the year. You know, we're suddenly playing not as good defensive teams. We look a little bit better. We had a, we had a stretch there where we were playing teams who were about two points better than average. 
But we still rank 22nd in the league. Some of the things are getting better, though. We're 19th in the league in turnovers now. We're 19th in the league in offensive rebounds now. So we're not, you know, earlier this week I was a little concerned. We were in the bottom barrel of both of those. It's awfully hard to live. We're, we're getting there. By the way, our differential is the third best in the NBA, in the Western Conference. Only the Lakers and Phoenix are better. Phoenix is still just turning around. They're six and four. But the third best offense and the 13th best defense. We'll see how long this lasts. The Lakers are actually very similar to us. They're the 16th ranked offense and the second best defense. Their offense has just not been as good. And we, I think we will get to that point. Our, the teams, the collection of teams we've played has precluded the offense uh, from rolling. We have Memphis who ranks 24th defensively coming up. We have Minnesota that ranks 16th defensively coming up. We have another Golden State game who ranks 30th or 30th defensively. Then we have New Orleans who ranks 28th defensively. So before we go on that road trip, a nice little stretch here for us, I think, for the offense to get rolling. The I, I think I've zeroed in on one of the things that's wrong with the offensive shot selection, uh, and it was wrong again last night, frankly, is... We have a bunch of number one options. So Mike Conley was number one option in Memphis. Donovan's number one option. Boyan was number one off option in Indiana. Uh, Jeff Green was never really a number one option, but kind of thinks of himself that way. Moutier feels like he's a number one option. Almost all of our guys that use our possessions are number one offensive type guys. Therefore, what I think happens is when they drive to the basket, and the defenses are doing the same thing. They're sagging back on Rudy and not allowing Rudy to get to the basket, get get the lob. And the and they're hugging to our shooters because our shooters are that good. So the open shot is this mid-range shot. And because all of our guys are number one option guys, their thought is that's the right shot. Well, I'm open. I'm a guy. I'm I'm one of the guys, I should take the shot. And what's happening out of that is the Jazz took 48% of their shots last night as mid-range shots. It's an outrageous number. I understand we didn't hit threes last night, but you can't live taking 48% of your shots as mid-range shots. It's really problematic. We took 41 mid-range shots last night. One of the things we've done so brilliantly this year, or over the last few years, is being money ball better than everybody else. Now we just have talent. But you combine the two and you get pretty good. And right now, you know, it's easy to say, well, the defense is giving it to you. Okay, but our defense is doing the exact same thing as Brooklyn. And Brooklyn took 23 mid-range shots and we took 41. Now, we did get seven shooting fouls on those somehow, largely down around the basket. We took 27 short mid-range shots last night. We end up shooting pretty well, by the way. And it's we're fortunate. We shot 20 of 41 on those to pull it off. And frankly, our three-point shooting was... So bad at four of 21 that those mid-range or six of 24 overall, our mid-range shots turned out to be better. And Brooklyn is, it is true, in fact, that this is, you're taking what the defense gives us. Eh, I'm not sure I believe in the dump-off pass of football theory of taking what the defense gives us in the NBA. We've got to find a way to turn some of those shots into threes. And again, I don't think anyone's being doing anything wrong. I just think when you think of the mentality of who we have, and all the guys we added are heavy mid-range users because heavy mid-range users are guys that have been the man at some point. And Boyan was the man, and Donovan is, and Mike, and you got it. I gave you the list earlier. So they're getting into the lane, 
and their instinct is, well, if I'm open, I'll shoot. They've got to get in the lane and play with their eyes out. And they did that much better in the second half of the game last night. In the second half of the game last night, the eyes were out much more than they were in the first half. And in turn, the shot selection was better. Didn't actually go in, but frankly, that's sometimes his luck. So I think if you kind of start, if you look at the shot selection last night, it it gets better as the game goes on. Last night, the Jazz still take, well, they, first of all, they hit most of their threes in the, in the, and they shoot 53% after halftime. They hit a ton of floaters and shots in the short three, but they also feast at the rim. The three-pointers are better. They have five three-pointers. They meant to have six. Mike Conley had a foot on the line. They only had one in the first half, so that's better. And they take a few mid-range shots, which, you know, again, like, you're not going to take none, but they take six of 46 shots as long twos, which is better than what they did on the night the Jazz took. I think in the first half they took eight or nine long twos. They had 27 shots in the paint non-restricted area where Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan are just hugging to the basket. Brooklyn, and the Jazz are trying to do the same thing. Brooklyn, by the way, in the second half of last night's game, took six shots that were classified as two, as inefficient twos. So, they're, you know, every team is trying to do this. We've got to find a way to adjust. I, you know, I, I see the comments of people say that, oh, well, it's working, so why change it? Because math says that over the long haul, this will come to bite you. You're, not, you're playing without an advantage that you could have otherwise. That, that's why. Because, and we've, got, we've just got to find, it's hard. Like, I'm not saying this is easy. I'm not, and, and, I, and I'm not saying the teams aren't giving to you, and I'm not saying that our guys can't make some of those shots. But over the long haul, you're going to have to get back to shooting threes, finding a way to get those looks, getting some of our guys those opportunities. And what I saw the guys do it. This is where the offense got better. They played with their eyes out in the second half instead of as natural scorers. And again, this is not, that's what these guys do. These are guys are really, really good. This is what happens when you have really good players. But when you have, they had their eyes out. And so Boyan comes to a jump stop in late and kicks it out to Jeff Green for the three. We saw that. Jazz are still taking the eighth most amount of shots. Well, actually, Jazz are taking the 21st most amount of shots in the restricted area. That's really low for us. The Jazz are taking overall, we're in the middle of the pack at 16th in three-pointers, and we're in the middle of the pack at taking mid-range shots. Long twos. Not just long twos, we're in the middle of the pack. We're taking a ton of of shots in the paint. We're 22nd in the league right now in taking smart shots. That's that's not what that's not who we are. Last year we were 4th. This this is a big change and we just we've got maybe we're not going to be able to be 4th cuz the way teams defend us. I'm not sure I believe that. I think you can force it upon the game a little bit. But we've got to adjust. We've gone from taking 76% of our shots as smart shots 
to taking 66% of, 67% of our shots as smart shots. That's, that's, that's in the wrong direction. I saw this coming. Right? Like, if you go back and look at who we added to the roster, this is not surprising. Because the guys we added to the roster are mid-range shooters. And that's that. That's what I think you had to anticipate a little bit of this taking place this year. And they're mid-range shooters because they're all, and none of them are doing this like selfishly, I need to get the shot. They're all doing this because they think because of who they are and what their background is, they're doing it because they believe it's going to be the right shot. So that's, I mean, last year, the Jazz had two-point per game advantage every night. Comes out to a lot of wins. But you're going from Rubio took 38% of his shots as mid-range to Conley, who takes 41. You're going from Crowder who took 13% of his shots as mid-range to Boyan, who takes 29. From Favors, who takes 22, to Green, who takes 37. To, from Neto, who took 28, to Moody, who takes 36. And... This is before, which I didn't expect, Donovan's shot chart is completely different. So the offense is getting better. But it's getting better because I saw eyes out. I saw guys looking. I saw that extra pass. We saw it against the Warriors. Hopefully we'll see it again in the upcoming games as well. Because that, that, that is really going to be important for us to rectify. The store now has three locations for you. There's the classic. We'll call it the cla- store classic. 6200 South, 20th East. It's the kind of neighborhood grocery store with all of Utah's own. You walk in, the cake to floors are right there if you're walking on the right-hand side. And the cake to floor, I was walking on the right-hand side. So um, when I do this, I was walking in through the same door. The registers are to your left. The cake to floors are right there. The ice cream and cookies are off to your right-hand side. You can curl around and get that mudslide cookie right around. If you come in the other way, the June pies are waiting for you, and you head over to the left-hand side for all the... uh, the vegetables and the fruits, and you can get the homemade salsas uh, that they make as well. Uh, it's a great place. You can feel the community, Utah's own, all the fun products you can't get anywhere else because Jeff and Scott are so interested in making sure they help Utah vendors. There's also the new one, the mini store. It's at 900 South, 100 West. Quick grab-and-go sushi, grab-and-go sandwiches. Kind of like just a very small, tiny store. Pick up, I often will grab a deli sandwich there or pick up a, a nitro cold brew off the off the tap. Uh, you also can grab your eggs and some of your other little basics, a little ice cream. They got some, all it's kind of the, a few things of everything you need. And then there's downtown, which is the urban setting at the gateway. Great downtown store, uh, super lunch menu with all sorts of hot plates for you. Uh, they have that at the 600 South and 20th East. So it's just a great setup. Make sure you stop by, grab the mudslide cookie, realize that that is heaven and find out the greatness of the store. 600 South 20th East also located at downtown at the gateway right across from the Children's Museum and 900 South and 100 West. Funny, we talk about Indochino and the ads for Indochino. I will probably be doing the made-to-measure Indochino suit today because I split my pants last night. Not sure what happened. Not sure if I've gotten heavy already or if I hooked it on something. It's not on a seam, so it makes me think I might have hooked it on something. At least I'm going to tell myself that. But I will have to use the locked-on uh, coupon with... Uh, Indochino today to uh, probably get myself a, a, a brand new suit. Uh, check it out. Indochino, the largest made-to-measure 
uh, men's brand suit company, giving you all sorts of opportunities with the promo code LOCKED ON. You get a nice discount uh, if you for you uh, as well, because I'll, I'll, I'll be using that today. So thanks to Indochino. <laughs> All right, uh, what other things do I have? I thought we're getting better. I thought it was really interesting, Quinn's decision to go with Joe last night in this sense. Um, I mean, I think it would have been made a lot of sense to go to Royce. Joe was struggling, bypassing his shot a little bit. Um, his shot's off right now. He's he's scuffling, coming off the bench, hasn't found his rhythm or just hasn't found his rhythm with a shot. And yet he puts him on Kyrie Irving. And I think a little bit of that is coaching for 82 games. And... What I mean by that is you've gone to Joe and he's no longer starting and he's struggling with it. And now it's late game and make a lot of sense to stay with Royce. And instead you're saying to Joe, you're still my guy. I'm closing games. That was kind of the deal we made is don't worry. We'll still close with you. And he goes to him and gets great dividends defensively and offensively. I, I think these are the subtle parts of the game in which we don't think about enough as fans about coaches coaching for 82 game schedule. And it ends up, he goes with the O lineup of Conley Donovan, Joe Boyan and Rudy Gobert. That lineup played 10 minutes together last night. It actually ended up to just be even, but down the stretch, it was terrific. Uh, But they played 10 minutes together last night. Didn't shoot it as well were even rather than the way they've always been crushing people. Our starting lineup's getting very good. Starting lineup last night was plus 11 in 11 minutes. Um, so that's what made it interesting last night. But I think that's Quinn kind of understanding his locker room, his players, what he needs to do to keep the team together. You know, Joe's going through a little scuffle offensively. That's how guys define themselves. Show faith in him, believe in him, and keep him around um, and keep him engaged. I, I think that was an important little stretch not to be underestimated uh, in Quinn's ability to be able to understand how how m- the mentality and holding guys together. Rudy Gobert is 19 of his last 22 from the field. He is now suddenly shooting 68% from the field. Remember last year he shot 70% when Don when Joe Ingles or when Derek Favors was off the floor. He's suddenly grabbing 13 points, or scoring 13 points, 13 rebounds a game. And not to mention his eight screen assists. And is shooting at 68% for the season. Kind of awesome. 11 of 12 against the Warriors, 8 of 10 last night. His rebounding in the last six games after... 16, 14, 16, 17, 14, 15. He's about to pass John Stockton with, I think, his next rebound will pass John Stockton for third all-time on the Jazz defensive rebounding list. Pretty amazing. Uh, And it will be interesting to see as the Jazz begin to figure him out a little bit more what they can do there. Mike Conley has warmed up. You know, great article by Aaron Falk today at utahjazz.com about Mike Conley and what he's, you know, the it's just been a change, right? And now he goes home and has a flood of emotion. Remember Donovan, when he went home the first time, suddenly afterwards was terrible. Hopefully Mike gets this over with and doesn't have too much of an emotional 
uh, gap. But if we go to the Clipper games, kind of the bust-out Clipper game after the 0-7 for against Phoenix, seven games, 45% from the field, 43% from three, 19 points a game, only four assists because we play differently. Um, But that's kind of what we dreamed of of Mike Conley. 19 points, 45% from the field, 43% from three, plus four. So he is he is clicked in. Fun games. A uh, few ga- thoughts on the games tonight. First of all, Trey Young last night. That is crazy. 42 points on 21 shots. Totally crazy. Uh, little note in Denver, Gary Harris, who I was utterly convinced was going to be having this, like, revival season and why Denver was going to be so good, is not clicked in yet. He was 7 of 16. They lost last night. 125-121 to Atlanta. Phoenix loses to the Lakers last night. 123-115. Kyle Kuzma was big, 23. LeBron had 19. They're playing great. Their defense is super. Their offense was good last night. Um, Ricky continues to be brilliant. 21 points and 10 assists last night. Devin Booker had 20. Aaron Baines had 20. Uh, they're They're thin, but... They keep playing great. I think Phoenix can make the playoffs. I'm not entirely sure that the standings aren't the playoffs. I would assume that San Antonio works their way in. Minnesota, I think, is having only played three games in the West and being one and two in the West and having done most of their work on the East, I think, is a a little misleading. By the way, just if you're wondering, if any on little tiny skews, the Clippers have played seven of ten at home. I think they're pretty good. I don't think that they're... A false team. Phoenix has played seven of ten at home and is four and three at home. Spurs have played seven of ten at home and are four and three at home. Thunder have played seven of ten at seven of eleven at home. So there's a little bit on those few teams out there. Portland, on the other hand, has had seven of eleven on the road, but I'm not sure that Portland's okay with all their injuries. Minnesota's played six of ten on the road. So just early on, little skews to the schedule can have an impact on how you're, how you're viewing teams. Uh, we've got seven on the docket tonight. San Antonio's at Minnesota. I think that one's interesting. Toronto's in Portland. And the big marquee game of the night is the Clippers are at Houston. So with Paul George, I think possibly playing. If not, he'll go tomorrow against New Orleans. That is Locked On Jazz today, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Now tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On NBA. Have a great day.